0: Hey, cis! From coast to coast, we're bridging the gap between the cisgender and transgender community, creating meaningful dialogue and space to learn and grow.
1: Join us as we connect with our community, break down tough conversations, and get comfortable being better humans.
2: At this point, I'm already really panicking because um, I'm not just thinking, oh God, I'm going to have trouble getting into the border. I'm thinking, this person thinks that I am committing uh, a federal offense of, of using someone else's passport. This is
1: terrifying. I'm like, I'm functionally being accused
2: of a major crime right now.
1: So today on Hey Sis, Isaac and I are super excited to have one of our very own joining us, Emma Stanley, who is... Hello. Bye. Very excited to have you here, Emma. Emma has been working with Simply Good Form since fall of 2021, and now she is taking her show on the road and going to be working with us from another part of the globe. And we are here to talk about travel, uh, traveling. What you know, what it's like if you are a member of the trans community, the non-binary community. Uh, what barriers? Exist. What do you have to think about that uh, the average cis traveler just never has to think about? And with your vast experience in the past and this upcoming trip, we're excited to hear um, some of your thoughts on that, Emma. So welcome.
2: Uh, I am super pleased uh, to be here and bring my vast experience to bear on this complicated topic. Um, Hi, uh, I'm Emma Stanley. I work with SGF and uh, I use she her pronouns. I have been traveling uh, pretty consistently around the world since 2009, Um, and in the past four or five years, I've been sort of traveling while trans and traveling while queer, And yeah, that's what I'm here to talk about.
1: I think going back a little bit before we talk about your uh, your trip coming up to uh, to Thailand, um, you have kind of a bit of a, a checkered background of uh, potential uh, arrests at uh, border crossings or <laughs> challenging situations which maybe isn't uncommon uh, for some trans people and maybe it's a, something people get really nervous about. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of yeah. your phrases? Yeah, we can. Um... Yeah, traveling
2: while queer can be a challenge. And traveling while your body and identity don't match your paperwork is terrifying at times. Um, Now, it does have to be said that I have, uh, just to give some context, my background is pretty privileged in like every other area. Um, I am Caucasian. I'm educated. uh, At the time, I was married. So I had advantages that an enormous number of people don't have. And so I was in the end able to sort of extricate myself from these situations, but it was never me getting me out of these problems. It was people that I knew. And I think that was the scariest part for me. Um, It was only by the grace of who I knew that this didn't become a bigger problem. Um, So I have been uh, presenting feminine for four years now, and pretty widely. Um, but, um, because of some other things, which I will get into later, I promise, um, I have been unable to change my paperwork until uh, a few months ago. And so I was traveling again with a, with a body and an identity that didn't match my official identification. So when I go to airports, I have, a really specific set of clothes and mannerisms that I project. Uh, I, I basically dress really androgynously, big hoodies, big jeans. Um, and uh, when I f- still owned a binder, I would wear it when uh, when I started needing one uh, to make sure that I looked at least similar to my identification. Um, and I thought that that would be enough. And it was funny. I had my hair tucked up into a hat. I uh, just tried to masculinize a bit. Uh, we we usually just call it boy moding. Um, and I was really surprised when it didn't work. So uh, I was coming into Thailand um, because I had just changed a visa. So the problem with that is that I was not traveling for pleasure. I was out of the country to, uh, uh, I had to leave the country, go to an embassy, change my paperwork and re-enter the country. And because I was actually working while this was happening, it all needed to happen on a weekend. So it needed to happen in two days. Uh, So in the uh, 48 hours of the weekend, I had been traveling or waiting in consulate lines for 40 of them at this point. I was coming back into the country, I'd gotten all of my paperwork signed and I was uh, very tired, uh, but but relaxed. Uh, so I went up to the counter, give the guy my ticket, my passport, he's checking my visa uh, and, and he turns to the first page, sees the pictures, sees the information there and just looks me in the face and says, this isn't you. Ooh. And what do you do,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty scary. Yeah. Um, You can't
2: argue with border guards yeah it is is a really terrible thing to say at this point um and i am really lucky that he spoke as much english as he did because at the time i spoke no thai um and so at least at very least we can even have this conversation uh so i sort of looked at him and 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 (laughs) not really thinking about it said yeah it is so, um, for those of you who don't know, never disagree with border guards. Um, they They are not fans of it. Now, he was not a bad person. He was super calm about the whole thing, but he was pretty insistent that this was not me. And at this point, I'm already really panicking because um, I'm not just thinking, "Oh God, I'm going to have trouble getting into the border. I'm thinking. This person thinks that I am committing uh, a federal offense of, of using someone else's passport. This is terrifying. I'm like I'm functionally being accused of a major crime right now, in a foreign country. Uh, and you're exhausted, forty hours in, and 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 I'm exhausted. So this is the nerves are way way up. Eventually, I. It, kind of calm down and realize that um, the other lucky thing is that I'm pretty paranoid um, alongside my hoodie and my hat and uh, my, my mannerisms. I also have five separate pieces of, of identification. I took out uh, two driver's licenses from uh, the countries I'd been in previously, a credit card, um, all in my old name. And, uh, he didn't believe any of them. It wasn't actually until I called my then wife over, uh, to vouch for me, uh, which was tricky because she had already gone through and they don't let you go back through those lines. So she had to sort of shout over the, uh, um, over the turnstiles that, yeah, I, I, I know them. <laughs> it's fine. And, uh, at that point, uh, I was allowed to go in and yeah, it's just uh, amazing to me that we still have a system where there was no way for me to prove who I was. We insist, or or people seem to be insisting on these documents that will prove who we are and they're supposed to look like this. I've had friends from work, coworkers uh, say that we shouldn't allow uh, changing gender on on uh, official documents because you know I, you could use it to fake people out. And yet, this document that is supposed to be very much me doesn't have my fingerprint anywhere in it. It has no uh, objective information with which I can prove this is me anywhere in it. And it was a real eye opener that we trust these documents and these systems. Uh, so much that when they fail, we have no recourse. This was purely: is this guy going to trust me, or am I going to go to immigration jail? Um, so yeah, that was that was really terrifying and and genuinely an eye opener.
0: Uh, yeah, I was just gonna yeah. jump in uh, really quick. <laughs> uh, um, so just to, just to confirm as well: so was your paperwork at the time? Did it have? was it this sex defined as male or was it kind of like he looked at the photo and was like, this doesn't look like you.
2: No, my, um, my passport at the time had my old name, uh, and, and my old identity, which was, which was male. Um, and apparently I passed way better than I thought I did to the point where I can't even fake it anymore. Um, yeah. And he just, uh, kind of quietly insisted this, this is not you.
1: So if you didn't have all of that ID, like, what do you think, I mean, like, what do you think would have happened? Or you just probably don't even want to think about what would have happened. Oh, I've thought about it.
2: I was, I mean, I was thinking about it at the time because um, I suffer from ADHD and that means uh, my plans to be prepared don't often actually happen. So I knew that I had intended to put all of this identification in my bag. And it turned out this time I had, and that was really lucky. But while I was digging for it, I'm thinking, okay, if this, if I have in fact forgotten to put this in, what am I going to do? And my next idea was to call my boss because then I can attach myself to a company and say they can call and sort of confirm my identity. Um, but that can't happen in a lineup. So that would have meant uh, finding a space in the airport where I can uh, make a request to call my boss, um, and even that depends on a whether they're going to let me do that, and b uh, the the I'm just again very lucky. I was working for a fairly large company that they they probably would have recognized the name of, and and my boss has. He knows me. He's been working there for 20 years. They will they will trust his word on this thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And again, it's where the rest of my privileges really protected me from this one really vulnerable moment.
1: And remind, I say, just repeat again. So what border were you crossing? You were going from, from Thailand or you're going into Thailand from? I was
2: returning to Thailand from Laos. Mm-hmm. Um, they, when you change visa paperwork, you almost always need to leave the country to do that Mm -hmm. so that you're processed with that paperwork when you come in. And of course, COVID has changed most of those rules, but at the time, this was certainly the case.
0: Yeah.
1: And I I wonder, because like, well, it's interesting because uh, Forbes, uh, they printed in uh, 2021 uh, some of the, the top, like, no-go zones for LGBTQ plus people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you now, Canada Canada actually rated the safe out of the top five places mm-hmm. um, for traveling. But um, on this no-go zone list was, you know, Nigeria came in at number one in Saudi Arabia, but then you have Malaysia and Malawi are up there as being really unsafe um, yeah. travel, which is in sort of that neck of the woods where you're traveling. But for, mm-hmm. for trans people in Thailand, um, and that is, is quite safe, isn't it, If you, once you get there?
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's, it's been amazing. And in, in fact, um, the company that I was with was really good about it. Uh, there was never any uh, weirdness there. And uh, in a sort of putting their money where their mouth is, they made sure that when I did need to do visa changes, I was not sent to Malaysia to do them. <laughs> Um, And there are a few countries in the area where if you live there, it's safe, but the rules on the books are not necessarily safe. Um, So Myanmar was not a top choice. It was the story that I heard on the ground was, it's fine to be there, but don't cross the border. And I have no idea how seriously to take those. It, It really depends on the border guards and what mood they're in on any particular day.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a very, very good point. Because even, um, you know, I'm not a lot of folks uh, realize this too. So Canada has, what's the formal terms of it, I think it's like travel advisories, Mm -hmm. Canada travel advice and advisories. Mm -hmm. And typically, in that document, and that huge page <laughs> of <laughs> all the many countries in the world, they'll list kind of what they advise you do or not do, and in there there is a section for 2 LGBTQ plus people, and you know they'll rank it, or well, not necessarily rank it, but they'll mention even to like hand holding or like public displays of affection or you know sleeping in the same bed as someone with the the same sex. But it's it's really interesting to look at how governments, especially in particular, Canada breaks down that perspective of like mm-hmm. foreign countries. Um, so if anyone ever wants, definitely not light reading by any means, because there are massive documents to talk about anything from potential illnesses, infections, such like that in other countries. But it's, it's definitely a good reference point uh, and a baseline for people to get if they are traveling.
1: Well, and it's important to know because so like, for instance, uh, the African country, as I mentioned, um, Malawi, I think uh, they had written that same sex uh, acts could result in 14 years in prison for, for men and five years for women. And, you know, places like that would be surprising. So for myself, as a parent of a trans child, um, you hear, you know, before COVID, families taken off and going to Jamaica, I had a friend that had a destination wedding in Jamaica, um, which we, we weren't at anyway, but uh, it's not safe for trans people uh jamaica is on that list and there's a lot of caribbean places as well so if you think if you go there um, so even if you were as you mentioned boy motoring, which i'd never heard before or you can pass um, if you get injured or if you need a hospital or you need support um, and that could become very uh difficult uh for you even i guess if you're a family traveling down to the states you know like just crossing the border here from canada to the state mm-hmm you know, if you have a trans child, don't get sick down there or break your leg in certain states like Texas and several others, but, um, there's a lot of considerations, isn't there?
2: Yeah, it definitely is a lens through which you, you experience the world. You, you have to make every choice with this one more qualifier, um, of, is it going to be safe and when you get to a country, the culture of the country inside it and the laws that are on the books are always going to be different. Um, certainly, yeah. the Middle East is is pretty famous for being not accepting, but when you actually live there, and I have, uh, it's they don't care nearly as much as you think they do. The the trick is that they don't want to hear about it or interact with it, but they don't ask either. They It's just kind of a closed topic. It's actually pretty safe unless somebody finds out. And then rather than deal with, as you say, some uh, consequences that can be extremely harsh, they'll usually, uh, the company that I worked for, someone found out one of the teachers was gay and he was quietly flown out of the country that night. They said a student uh, started a rumor, doesn't matter if it's true, pack your bags. Wow. Uh, and his his life just came to a halt. He had plans, he had a job, he had an apartment, and it all just kind of went away. And this was the, like, much more low-key, merciful version of this thing. This was like, we're going to get you out of the country so that nothing bad happens to you. Um, so, yeah, it can be really quite scary. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I just want to jump back a little bit to... Um... To, to your experience at the, at the border, because I know, um, quite often <laughs> when, when there's any issue border guards, like to have their immediate reaction, be a body search. And that's typically when they, yeah figure out <laughs> 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 to put in very pg terms um what's happening and um i remember one time i was going into guatemala and everyone was getting body searched. it didn't regard it had no distinction mm-hmm. uh if you had potentially something or if you were pulled aside and i remember because they had two lines and then one was a you know a masculine presenting guard the other one was a feminine presenting guard and they you know ushered you know mm-hmm. women <laughs> to feminine and then masculine to the man and I remember staying there and I was like mm. where do I go, <laughs> where do I go? Yeah, um, and I kind of I eventually I freak was...
2: out the least no.
0: yeah yeah and I eventually like you know my heart was telling me to go towards the the feminine guard but the male guard just you know grabbed me and was like "Pop, bup bump. and then like as soon as he got to like here he was like oh and i was like it's fine like let's not make a
2: big deal out of it
0: like i'm not gonna like yeah. scream we're good i don't have anything you on me become,
2: i will become yeah exactly. Like, we'll just act like just nothing happened but he, he felt bad yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he felt he felt
0: genuinely bad um That's but right? it was it was just kind of like a a funny experience because like even non-trans people have that i can't tell you the amount of times of like butch presenting people that i know who have been like ushered towards like a male or masculine presenting guard and they're like i'm not comfortable with you touching my
2: body (laughs) so any anyone who's not presenting in in a really heteronormative way is gonna cause a certain amount of confusion at those stations
1: um if you're traveling with people that don't know you're trans like what if you're traveling with friends and they don't know that you're trans and you're in that situation like uh, you know that's another I do know but uh, this is interesting because Emma and I we had a conversation Isaac kind of behind the scenes like a couple weeks ago which made us like made me think deeper about wow travel and that but what about so you're not like in a body search but you go through the that you know like that scanner that body scanner that goes up and down like the
0: turnstile, like Yeah. yeah
1: What if you're wearing a packer, like say you're a teen or talking to your family you're wearing a packer an STP, like would that, like, w- would that be a concern that uh, a parent or, or just a person that is wearing something like that? Would that, would that be kind of something that you might want to think about before you, you travel or?
0: I don't, I don't want to jump in here, but I don't, I don't know what all it detects. So like, for instance, like I have a heart monitor and they've never asked me ever about it. And I'm like, it could be, okay, if Canada border security is listening right now, it is not a bomb, but it could be a bomb, (laughs) you know, like it could be a bomb. (laughs) Um, I'm not flying with any bombs, I promise. Like, you know, Um, but you know, like, and I've, I've never had anyone pull me, pull me aside for it or like inquire about it. So I don't like, I, I, I think with those ones in particular, I mean, within Canada, at least I think it only detects like certain types of metals. And substances. So, if it's like a liquid or like a metal, but don't quote me on that.
2: It's an interesting thing. I know I've read an article um, that it was picking up everything, um, and oh, wow. this was pretty early on in the days of them. This would have been like in the in the mid aughts, so somewhere between two thousand one and two thousand ten. Um, so it would have been when I first started traveling because. Uh, we were always, we were, we were curious about them because they were still sort of coming out. And yeah, I have gotten caught by that when you go through them, there is a, a gender button or a sex button that they can press that will ignore certain characteristics like underwires um, if they press the lady button. And if you are wearing the wrong underclothes or having the wrong bits, uh, some of them will go off. I remember going through Frankfurt, Germany. Um, This would have been five years ago easily. And when I went through it pinged. Um, And at that point I was presenting female all the time, but I hadn't had surgery yet. And I said, okay, just try the other button. I'll go through again. And it went through and I was fine. So it, uh, It was fine. And the border guards, you know, they apologized. They were being really cool about it. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, they did need to press the other button for it not to, to go off. So I'm not sure. what. Yeah. That's (laughs) so
0: weird that that was like assist. And do you know approximately like what year that was
2: when we lived in Oman? So yeah, past five to six years tops. So post 2015 would be the best I could do.
1: I guess it depends on the airport and the size and all that. Our little Halifax airport might not, uh, might might not have that capability. Maybe it does. You know. Yeah. It's little, uh...
0: Well, it's I just find it such a weird, a weirdly specific function to have mm-hmm. because also like,
2: I've invented a machine that checks. Yeah, it
0: janitalia. will detect boobies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How the hell did that get past marketing?
0: Yeah, exactly. Who was like I need a machine that will tell me if a passenger has boobs.
2: <laughs> like, I suppose we should be lucky they haven't put them outside bathrooms at this point. So
0: Honest listen, we don't we can't put it past like Texas or some of those states that are outlawing yeah. <laughs> this stuff, but um but yeah, like it that like blows my mind too because like like even like there are like heavier built men that definitely like i would probably have a similar breast shape to them like i'm like had, would that detect like what is it only like bottom genitalia like what anyways i know no one can answer that question but i'm i'm just like throwing <laughs> things out there because now i want to i want to dig into it
1: <laughs> and, you know here we could actually throw it out if there's any listeners out there who have any you know any comments any insight on this or have anything to add Um any
0: cbsa officers out there
1: yeah, <laughs> email us at hasis hey at or connect. Is it connect at hey com. It's our brand new email. So connect at hey com, or you can DM us on social media. But um we'd love to hear like other people's experiences uh traveling and and if they've uh if they've had their bits checked out, while they're going. Jesus. Let's pivot a little bit. Cause this is going to be part of like a two-part series. And I'd be really curious to hear Isaac and Emma, what you think about as, you know, you're spending your hard-earned money, you're taking a holiday, you're traveling, let's like, you're staying maybe within Canada and you're going to like an Airbnb or maybe like a smaller hotel, or you're taking a tour as a same-sex couple, as a trans person. And that, what do you think like tourism operators what do you think like the travel industry should be doing better to just ensure that you know you're not going away from that situation feeling like you've just spent your money here and you didn't really get a great vibe from from your hosts or from you know the tour that you were taking
0: I'll put the spotlight on you first Emma so (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, let's see vacations have I ever been able to afford a vacation oh wait I'm a millennial so no but <laughs> <laughs> in my, my dream vacation um yeah I mean I think it comes down to some really basic things um just basic inclusive language being inclusive as a company basically comes down to making it so that the language and the environment of your country isn't tailor-made for only one kind of person. You need to look at your company a little bit, look at the language that you use, look at the forms and the systems that you have in place and try and think outside of your own experience to, f- to see if those systems are, are fit more than one kind of person. A really simple way is like if there's two people in the room or if there's an application form and it just has like a space for husband and wife, say it's a couple suite, just just switch it to partner. It's not a huge deal, but it is going to make me feel safe when I'm booking that trip. I'm much more likely to actually book if the language in the advertisements and especially in any sort of form is inclusive. Uh, so language is a big part of it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and just to really echo on that, um, I worked quite a few years in hospitality, most more particular, more specifically in in hotels. Um, and typically, if you see two individuals of the perceived same sex, um, most individuals would assume that they probably want two beds in the room. And a lot of times, if they see two people come up, they'll automatically book people into two bedroom, two bedrooms. But I think one of the biggest things is to always ask questions, of course, within moderation. Don't be asking the weird questions. <laughs> um, but don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you do ask the wrong question, be open to understanding their perspective and their experiences and don't take one experience from one trans or queer or two lgbtq or what have you individual or traveler and associate it with every other experiences of that exact same traveler yeah. you know i even know traveling agencies they'll they have this like mindset like this is the ideal traveler it's typically a white <laughs> cis straight middle-aged man and woman who maybe have three kids, but their kids are probably out of the house now. So they, they build these like packages based on that kind of perceived notion and what these people want. But it's important to really look outside of that and be like, okay, who is our typical customer? Who is our typical client? And who are we missing in this kind of database and who, yeah. who haven't we been able to actually attract to our organization or our establishment.
1: I love that. I mean, and it comes down to, like you say, like a being intentional about it. So when you mentioned about the beds and that, like as a, as a tourism operator, you don't have to out anybody or make anyone feel uncomfortable. You could just say, Oh, like we have various rooms. Some have king beds, some have queens, some have twins. You know, yeah. what would, you, what, what, what's your preference? What would you like? Yeah.
0: Are you looking for two beds or one? If they want one bed, do you want a king or a queen? It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty straightforward <laughs> questions, but you know, even when I was working, I had colleagues that be like, it'd be like two men. And they'd be like, okay, I or like, they would kind of like joke about it. They'd be like, Oh, I'm assuming you want two beds. And like the guys were like, "Ha ha! yeah, of course, we're not snuggling. But like, imagine if they were a couple, you know, that could have been an uncomfortable situation to be like, actually, we do want one bed, you know, so it just it just leaving it up to the individual to to make that distinction and not to uh, assume.
2: But you you make a really good point there and and raise a question. How much of companies' behavior is based on the fact that if they offer two straight guys one bed, they now have a couple of really pissed off homophobic customers to deal with? Um, Because I guarantee you that happens. Yeah. You know, you get the sort of, would you like two beds or one? What are you saying? Whoa. Just asking a question. But those questions weren't okay to ask until recently. So there is an element to this of of companies have to trust their customers, not to flip their lids when they don't assume they're straight. Because a lot of straight people are used to a world that assumes that they are straight, that never challenges that perception. And in fact, challenging that perception in any way was considered a pretty, uh, like still is considered a very serious insult. Um, Yeah.
1: I think you have to be clear on your policies and values then as a company that, you know, if what do you do if you have then uh, some customers yeah. that are upset because, you know, they feel like, oh, no, I don't like what you're doing. You know, you need to be able to be empowered to have like your comment, you know, your policies there to let them know that, hey, like, sorry, we don't tolerate if you have a problem, you know, I'd be willing to say, look, if you have a problem, you know, this is who we are maybe you're going to lose that customer, you, you know, maybe, but yeah. I would like to believe that, you, you know, I think the idea of track, attracting and, and supporting a more diverse clientele and having space for, for everybody is, you know, is, is on your It's on, that's the real agenda. That's yeah. like a, that value should be important to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely yeah and standing behind it so that you don't have like maybe a 17 year old working behind the counter that has to like feel that and not feel like they're they're manager. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah a 17 year old that's probably making 13 14 dollars an hour and the manager's kind of sitting behind just not doing anything
1: so <laughs>
0: yeah it it starts from the top and works its way down that's for sure
1: yeah I guess, too, for yeah. small businesses, tourism operators, if you are like you're inclusive and you're you know, you've got that culture, you've got the education, you're aware like you, you put the visibility out there as well so everybody can see it so whether it's you know, um, y- you have like, uh, like a a bracelet, a rainbow bracelet on your water bottle, or you have like a, you know, like a little Mm -hmm. tagline on your website, like everyone is welcome here. We support a place of, you know, human rights for everybody, you know, we don't stand for any kind of discrimination, especially this, blah, 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 you know, you can, you can help, help people research and, and know how safe you are before they even have to step in your door, you know, or step on the premises. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's so good <laughs>
0: yeah I know I'm, I'm enjoying this
1: I can't wait till you're there like with a coconut drink and you're like the CEO <laughs> I'm hearing how it uh how it went no it's gonna be
2: this is this is gonna be the first time I have not cross-dressed in an airport in four years so that's gonna be pretty wild
1: We'll be so excited to catch back up with you then when you have landed in Thailand and you're working with us from over there, but to follow up on actually how.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me on and I will talk to you guys soon.
1: Like many, many hours again of travel and layovers. (laughs) Several flights to get to your destination. Uh, you'll have to report back.
2: All right, I will.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Emma, for for joining us today. We appreciate you taking the time to share all your wild stories and uh, (laughs) get some insights on all the fun stuff.
1: That's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey, Sis. The conversation doesn't have to stop here, though. If you would like
0: to get in touch with us to ask us a question or share your story on a future episode, you can email us at connect at simplygoodform.com or visit us on our website at www.hasis.com.